0: The show you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk. talk. The voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas.
1: And good afternoon to you on this Tuesday afternoon here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation. Much to talk about this afternoon, my friends, and of course the eyes and the attention of the nation turning towards Texas today, and uh, another unconscionable action, apparently by an 18-year-old, and... As far as we know, the school shooting took place at Uvalde uh, Elementary School, or Rob Elementary School rather, in Uvalde. Uh, that's just west of San Antonio. And according to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, 14 children are dead, as well as one teacher and the 18 year old suspect. We don't have details on. Whether male or female, or, or uh, their identity yet, but uh, the gun person apparently uh, was killed in uh, in the process. So um, let's hear from Governor Greg Abbott this afternoon. He shot and killed horrifically, incomprehensibly, 14 students and killed a teacher. Governor Abbott also noting that the suspect was armed with a handgun and a rifle. And apparently had exchanged shots with police. He himself is deceased and is believed that responding officers killed him. One report uh, has it that he may have been running from law enforcement in the first place. We haven't confirmed that yet, but here again is Governor Greg Abbott. He abandoned his vehicle and entered into the Robb Elementary School in New Valley with, with a handgun, and he may have also had a rifle terrible uh, tragedy again and it's it's those times my friends when people ask why what what is wrong with america what's happening how can this possibly happen in this country and i think at times like this answering that question is unwise in some ways because of the timing theologically. There are explanations for it. We can go back to Cain and Abel, the first homicide recorded in biblical history anyway. We can talk about the fact that evil was let loose in the Garden of Eden millennia ago, but it doesn't really help us deal with the emotions of the moment, does it? Nor is it really any comfort to the the parents and the families and the friends of those uh, 14 children who are dead along with one teacher. Now apparently uh, President Biden is going to address the nation later tonight uh, regarding this shooting and uh, a couple of more details here. Apparently Robb Elementary School is about 85 miles west of San Antonio, Texas and uh, The uh, independent school district uh, had reported the active shooter. The enrollment there is uh, about 500 students. And, uh, again, the the outcome that we're aware of at the moment, as far as we know, 14 children killed and one teacher killed as well. The suspect, whoever he or she may be, apparently was uh, killed as well in a shootout with police. A lot of things come to mind. What, what comes to your mind as, as you ponder this? I'll just open the phones and let you tell me how you react to this, what your initial reactions are. Our number 209 551 209-551-3483. I think in terms of just general context those who may shout the loudest and and wait for it, the calls will come to focus on things that really aren't the main issue at all. There will be calls for more gun control. There will be calls for various other things that are emotionally attractive but not particularly pertinent to the root problem. But allow me to make this observation, if you will. I hope you won't consider it too much at this point, but it comes to my mind. On the one hand, many women across the nation are rabid about having the right to kill their unborn child or even after birth to make that decision. On the other hand, we have a peer, another student, an eighteen year old. obviously, as far as we know, he would have been much older than the elementary school teacher, uh, elementary school children. But here we have an eighteen year old murdering essentially younger children. They, those victims had no say. In whether they would live or die today, all we're expecting to live, does not an unborn baby living, heart beating inside a mother have that same expectation that they would live throughout the day? So uh, it it is just part of the hypocrisy of our culture on the one hand we are highly upset about something like the Texas shooting but on, on the other hand there are people who are and I'll use that word rabid about a a woman's right to kill her baby and do that in a in a rational way. And so I I ask you Can we come to terms with that in our culture today? How do we come to terms with that? I can't imagine, can you, being the parents of those elementary school children who dropped their kids off at school today, my understanding is I think the uh, vacation period was going to start on Thursday. Now, the 18-year-old suspect is dead. Don't know yet what the motive is is or was, and really in the end doesn't make a difference to the parents, where do they find their solace? Where do they find their comfort in the midst of their worlds being turned upside down, in the midst of a woke culture that denies God, that rails against anything that is worshipful anything that pertains to a judeo-christian worldview this woke culture to me is seeing the fruits of its labor now can we blame it all on the woke culture no it's a manifestation of the evil that is at work will we ever eliminate evil on this side of eternity probably not and i would no, let me rephrase that no on this side of eternity there will always be evil the question is how do we deal with it how do we process it what are our reactions and in terms of not being hypocritical but valuing life as it is at whatever progression it's at that's the question will this country ever return to the sanctity of life valuing life itself I want to open the phones and give you an opportunity to give us your initial reactions to this news today. Our number 209-551-3483. We'll go to our first call, Barbara in Stockton. Uh, Barbara, what are your feelings about this today?
2: Oh, Mike, when I heard that on the phone, for some reason, you know, there have been other shootings, but I I was just shocked. I mean, it just it just hurt my heart, you know. Thinking about what happened, you know, it's terrible enough. Thinking about the parents and the hurt, you know. I mean, you know, I'm still kind of trembling just to hear something like that. It's terrible.
1: It is. It it unnerves us. And it what? Is. What is and will be even more disappointing to me, and and maybe I will be wrong, Barbara. I hope I am. Maybe I'll Uh be wrong. I am hoping that President Biden and other national leaders will deal with this in a righteous way and not use it as a political pulpit. I... Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I... I hope not. I pray not. I pray that God would hold that back. But as we've seen in in previous times, somebody, some politician, some national leader is is going to rise up and use this as uh, as their bully pulpit. And and really, the the heart of the nation right now needs to be with those parents and and friends and community. I I think that's where we need to be. Uh, Barbara, thanks so yeah, much.
0: I Well, you're
1: welcome, and thank you. Appreciate you calling in. Barbara from Stockton, again, uh, your initial reactions to the news today. Fourteen elementary school students shot dead in Texas. One teacher shot dead as well. The suspect, 18-year-old, shot dead as well, presumably by police. Taking your reactions for a few moments, area code 209551 three four eight three and let's go up to Manteca Mike from Manteca what are your thoughts today
3: uh yeah when you uh talked about it and I first heard about it my initial thought was there are a lot more victims than the 14 children that uh were were involved or or killed in that uh were the all the children that witnessed that Mm. whole action you know I can only pray for them that they find a way to cope with what they saw today you know and uh, and and how how they're going to live their lives and and be able to trust and love and 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 understand you know what they saw today you know just it was uh, it's just very sad and sombering that uh, there are a lot more victims that witnessed what happened today than the 14 that were
1: Absolutely, Mike. And, and those emotional scars will last a lifetime. They will hopefully, and and typically today, and this, this has to do with today's world, Mike. In today's world, uh, there will be chaplains on scene from uh, either law enforcement and or fire as well. There will be counselors uh, that will be on scene. And so the the professional community will rise up and be there. And that's, that's a good thing. Uh, however, the, the, that emotional scar will never go away. They will just learn how to deal with it in the best way that they can. But you're, you're right. The, yeah. the victims will last. It'll be a generational uh, effect from that. Mike, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and our, and our hats off to not only the first responders but those who come in afterwards, the chaplains, the counselors, and such, uh, the community pastors uh, who who come and make themselves available. Much needed in these uh, in these types of uh, situations. Mike, and, anything to add? And the parents. Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
3: and the parents. You know, the parents. The parents have to add. You know, they're they're. They have to raise these children that have been through this traumatic experience, and the, and, 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 the, and the victimhood spreads on, you know, to the parents. How do they explain this to their children? How do they teach them to trust again? It's, uh, it's all so very sad. It's, uh, it's just something that I guess all we can do is pray and, and hope that it, uh, it works out.
1: Yeah, Mike, uh, thanks so much for your call. We appreciate that. Uh, Several uh, more of you, and thank you so much for uh, chiming in today, friends. Uh, Several of you waiting on the phone. We'll get to you in just a few moments, 209-551-3483. As we react to the news out of Texas today, 14 elementary school children killed by an 18-year-old, one teacher as well. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360. KFIV.
0: You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley, Power Talk 1360
1: KFIV. Mike Douglas here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, just uh, giving each other an opportunity to uh, let us let each other know how our hearts and minds are responding to this. Uh, unconscionable tragedy in Texas today. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones. Debbie from Stanislaus. Debbie, how are you feeling about this today?
4: Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I got the news before I think anybody else did. And how I was affected is I immediately started crying. And then I had to get a hold of myself to realize what I'm really crying about. And so I have a question for you, Mike, and it's a big question. The information that I've been able to consume over the last several years is that our, how do you say it, our psychological uh, demeanor and our well-beings are going downhill fast. And people that deny they have any of that, that they don't have any qualms about the direction our, our world has been going in, especially since 2020, they're lying. Most people have so much to deal with. They don't understand how they're told on a daily basis by people they respect, the media. They tell us that this person did this and they broke the law and they did this, but nobody is ever held accountable. So aren't we sending messages out far and wide that that's exactly the time of our lives that I think we need to get grips on the time we're living in? I could be wrong. Certainly I could be wrong. I'm one single solitary human being, but I think we're all on the way out. I think our whole world is on the way out. I never thought that way until 2020, but every day it got worse because every day I listened to all the, the wonderful information and the professionals that, that, that finally said we have you know a group that are going to get together and find out what happened at such and such. You know, we've done horrible things for so long that nobody's been accountable for. So what messages are we sending out to our youth, that 18-year-old young man that was shot? We don't know why he did it. Sometimes, as hard as it may be, we have to grip ourselves and realize that unless we get information from the person or people who commit these horrible things, there's something behind them that causes it. And what I'm reading in the newspapers, what I'm hearing on the media, is that we have a depression in the United States of America that as bad as it's been in our past history, and we know that our country's gone through a lot before I was ever alive. But something very unusual is happening now. We're being controlled by a thing called technology. And as great an instant gratification as it gives us, Little by little by little, it's destroying us. And I don't, can't begin to say all the insurances we have to buy to protect all the different things that they're saying can be taken away from us if we don't buy this insurance. We have no protection if we don't buy that one. We have, we don't, there's so much, many of us that don't have money for all of it. What do we do? So we're running scared every day of our lives. When we go to bed at night, we pray we can put some of it aside. But as I wish with all my heart and soul, and I pray to God constantly, I know that the human being can't. We can only consume so much. After that point, when our our reservoirs are full, our suicide rate in the state of California is the highest of all of the suicide rates in the United States of America. How much more do we have to have? This happened in Texas. I'm talking about California.
1: Yeah, uh, because our
4: governor tells us constantly that California leads the rest of the United States.
1: Right, Debbie. So let me uh, l- let me respond to you so that that we don't uh, run out of time before the uh, the break here coming up. And, and thanks for your call. I think you made some good points. And and let, let me. Uh, I think there are two, uh, a couple of points embedded in what you were saying. By the way, uh, other people are, are holding. We'll get to you in just a couple of moments. But Debbie, let me re- respond to things that you you mentioned. Well, one you d- you mentioned uh, directly, and that is accountability. I think across the board, we we don't have good accountability anymore. Our leaders aren't held accountable uh, for the rule of law. Uh, those who have the most power and the most money uh, run rampant and basically are able to do whatever they want to do and be excused, while those who don't meet the narrative. Uh, they're thrown in jail and sometimes not heard of for a long time. The other thing, uh, Debbie, I think that's inherent in some of your comments, we don't provide much of a deterrent anymore for these things. We, we don't. And then you talked about technology, and I would agree with you that technology, s- steeping our children in technology also helps rewire the way we think. And, and not in a good way. Is technology good? It has some great, uh, great things. You and I are able to talk right now because of technology. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be alive today except for technology. I would probably only have sight in one eye today because of technology, so it can be good. But uh, Every every positive thing tends to have an unintended consequence in terms of technology, and, and you're right, Debbie, I think one of the problems is we can be very uh, accustomed to violence, especially as children and, and as they are uh, addicted to violence. Some of these things that they're uh, fed on, on big tech. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on today as well. All right. I know uh, Nancy, you're holding. We'll get to you in five minutes when the Mike Douglas show continues. 209 551 3483. Back in five minutes on the Mike Douglas show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike
0: Douglas show. Now, weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about the horrific news out of Texas uh, 14 elementary school children dead, one teacher dead as well shot by an 18-year-old suspect uh, who was shot and killed as well. And we've been taking time to uh, allow you just to uh, react and, and let us know what comes to your mind as uh, as we process through this type of news. Our number here, 209-551-3483. And uh, here's a interesting perspective looking forward to this. Nancy from Modesto uh, a retired teacher, Nancy. What are your What are some of your perspectives about this today, as as a former teacher?
5: Well, hi, Michael. Um, well, I'm just heartbroken. Of course, um, I didn't know about this until I turned on your show, uh, and I'm I'm just still shaking from this horrible news. But if you think about um, well, needless to say, the families, uh, everyone who is involved at that school, uh, the other children, of course. I mean, it's horrendous. I am heartsick. Uh, but when we look at what could be causing this, uh, which is continuing to go on, and you look at the ages of the people who are perpetrating many of these crimes, um, they're in the teenage years, twenties, maybe into the thirties. And in my opinion, uh, and of course, it's just my opinion uh, about our morals in this country uh, have gone to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, unfortunately, families are so wrapped up in themselves as far as having to, you know, provide for their children. Uh, mother and fathers working when they really have to because of the expense of things, but somewhere along the line, um, the children are not being taught, in my opinion, uh, that uh, what we can and cannot do to other people and why, and it is it it is happening on TV all the time. Many children. Uh, are babysat by television programs and young teenagers in my opinion um, are let out of school uh, daily too early and that's coming from an ex-school teacher. Um, I had to be in school until you know three at least when I was in high school and that's where kids should be not home looking at nasty shows and violent shows that are affecting their behavior. They are not valuing life. They watch these movies that people get shot and they just jump up and go about their business. That's not life. Um, Children are feeling this lack of morality and they're displaying it. They don't understand it. They're young. They are exposed to things that they should not hear or know about because they're not able to understand and compute the information and make sense of it. So it's turning our culture, in my opinion, into a violent, frightening place. And it's true. If someone commits a crime, then they have to – people out in the general public should know that they will be punished. We are becoming (laughs) – I mean, what is – the matter with punishing, and i don 't mean killing them, but why are they allowed to leave you know the jails the day after they're put in there by the policemen? I feel very badly for the police, for the highway patrol for everyone in the law enforcement uh, segment sheriff, that they get they catch someone and then they find out they're right back on the street. This is not good, and it 's an example that 's just one example that is not. Being good to our culture or to our country—that is insane to to treat criminals. So other people think, oh, they got away with it. I can too because there are no marmal- morals. There is just nothing stopping people. They haven't been taught anything that uh, how to behave in, in and how to treat other people. In my opinion. And so, I mean, I'm just, I'm just at a loss. And I've seen this going on. I'm not a young woman. I've seen this, our deterioration in our country for far too long. And we have to step up, those of us who are old enough to know what's right and wrong, we have to speak up and not be afraid to say that is not correct, that is wrong, and it should be taken care of and basically that is the parent's job and somewhere along the line it's too easy to let the kids run wild and not learn what is right and what is wrong and I love parents I've had wonderful parents helping me in my classroom for 25 years and they're great people out there I'm just speaking of Those, unfortunately, who don't understand that everything they do and say and what they allow their children to hear or know about is influencing those young minds there. I'll quit now. Thank you. You
1: you did a great job, <laughs> I'm uh, Nancy. I'm so upset. <laughs> I, I hear you. I think we <laughs> so all upset are. By all of this. Nancy, thank you so much for the call. Ah, really appreciate you. that. Well, You're well, welcome. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Uh, a couple. Let me react to a, a couple of things. As, as I was listening to Nancy, uh, a few things occurred to me. Again, our phone number here, 209-551-3483, if you'd like to join in the conversation about reacting uh, to this tragedy in Texas today. A couple of things, uh, Nancy, you, you brought up. One is parents. Yes, I, I think our culture, the woke culture, and this has been going on a long time before wokeism began to, uh, began to raise its ugly head. But the whole issue of demeaning family of of demeaning the role of the father demeaning the role of the mother uh, of attacking the family unit a healthy community a healthy culture a healthy state a healthy nation depends upon strong family units and strong family units have to be built upon healthy worldviews, and there seems to be a dearth of those today so i agree with you nancy uh, the, the, the ancient advice was and is train up a child in the way he should go. Not, I'll let them decide when they get older. No, that's part of our responsibility as parents to train up our children with righteousness and with a worldview that is healthy. One of the other problems I think we see, and it occurred to me, Nancy, as you were talking and and Debbie uh, uh, before you and Barbara and Mike, and that is we are desensitizing our young people today to the effects of violence. Uh, I think you mentioned that, um, Nancy. We are desensitizing our young people to the real effects of violence. Did this 18-year-old, did he consider the effect upon other people? Uh, Did he consider the effect upon parents? Did he consider the effect upon the nation? No, my guess is, without knowing, uh, it was more of a narcissistic process going on in his head. It was all about him. And did he grow up in a world like that? Was he mentally ill? Was he on drugs? We don't know. We don't know. But there was obviously a self-focus and, uh, and and an evil that was at work. This business of denying that evil is at work in these things is naive. We have to understand how we deal with that. Uh, another, another thing Nancy, you bring to my mind is the big thing now is the metaverse. We're, we're bringing up children now to participate in the metaverse. The metaverse is false. It's a false universe. It's not a real universe. It's based in unreality. It is not based in real things. And yet we are rewiring the brains of our young people to operate in the, uh, the metaverse. And then the rule of law. The rule of law. And Nancy, you hit on that uh, very well. We must return to enforcing the rule of law and provide accountability for breaking the law and provide deterrence for breaking the law. We don't seem to be doing a, a good job with that. Our phone number here, 209 551 3483. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk. 1360 KFIV. on uh, and, and life goes on, and we need to talk about one of those realities that often we have to deal with, and that is we have to sell our homes. Well, as you probably know, home prices keep going up. The inventory is low. Those pesky interest rates, they mean fly, uh, price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. Would you like to move closer to work, maybe? Think you can't afford it? Well, I encourage you to call the agent I trust and recommend. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees free multiple hour uh, offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program designed to maximize your sales price. You stay in complete control. There's no costly repairs, no long-term contracts. You pick your move date, and Dan can even help you find a new home before you move. Michelle from Modesto was helping her dad sell his home. They needed top dollar to help fund his retirement. Michelle talked to several agents, found out Dan had the right plan. To make it uh, the nece- and, and they only had to make necessary improvements. And he could market the home for top dollar. Michelle says, Dan over-delivered. Do we see that a lot today, people over-delivering? Well, he did. Over-delivered on her high expectations, got her dead thousands more than their goal. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. Hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209 593 1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D A N P H I P P S dot com. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow
0: us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360
5: KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We are uh, sharing our thoughts and reactions to the tragedy in Texas today, our number 209-551-3483. Let's go to Oakdale. Kathleen from Oakdale, uh, what are your thoughts about this today, Kathleen?
2: Well, I would like to uh, read a couple of sentences uh, from a book um, by uh, Paul A. Trout, Uh, The book is titled Deadly Powers, uh, Animal Predators, and the Mythic Imagination. So uh, it's on page uh, 247. It says, who knows how many times our ancient ancestors witnessed the most gruesome transformation of all, one of their own being dismembered and consumed by an animal carnivore, literally being incorporated into a predator. As we sensed that we were the objects of predator desire, our attitude toward our pursuers, our impulse to evade them and to fear them, must have become strangely conflicted, eventually leading us to make predators the object of our desire. And I would just like to say that this is the problem that Debbie and Nancy are talking about um, in terms of technology and television programming, how it can go wrong and why. It's because of um, what we have already seen um, uh, happen uh, to our ancient ancestors that um, they – he goes on in the book to talk about how uh, people, human beings, um, began uh, transforming themselves into predators without going through the predator's maw, as he calls it. But it's this – transformation into a predator that's what i think when i hear these news stories because i've read this uh, this book parts of this book i haven't read the whole thing yet front to cover it's a lot to take in and uh, though it's a small book and um uh, but um the uh every time i hear these news stories about uh especially a young person uh doing the mass a shooting uh, or mass killing is um i think that 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 young person transferred themselves into, transformed themselves, excuse me, transformed themselves into a predator. And I just I, I still don't understand uh, that, uh, that they would do that and could do that. And that's why I have to read this paragraph and I have to listen to Debbie and I have to listen to Nancy because um, uh, that there is some answer to the question of how a human being could transform themselves into a predator.
1: Yeah, uh, interesting thesis there, uh, Kathleen. Let me just ask you very quickly before uh, before we go. In, in your in your mind, what are one or two ways to prevent that? What do you, What do you think a solution or two might be to that transformation?
2: Well, I I, I believe that we have um, human fight. And uh, that's being uh, corrupted uh, by transferring ourselves into a predator, and so we have to um, let's see, uh, 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 breed uh, horses, and we have to uh, uh, dress and groom horses for the horse race. You also have to dress and groom human beings for Mm. the human fight. So I believe it's it's by dressing and grooming the human being for the human fight. Make that baby yeah. formula. Use POM, P O M, production operations management.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, good. I good. Good theme there, Kathleen. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that uh, very much. And I think Kathleen, one of the uh, one of the points that you made just a, a moment ago is uh, salient and very appropriate. You talked about grooming. Now we've heard a lot about grooming. Uh, these days we we've seen negative grooming happening and uh, I think uh, big tech has participated in that again you know it's a double-edged sword to me uh, every technological advance it seems has some kind of unintended consequence that is negative and and sometimes uh, life-threatening unproductive and but going going back to your your theme of grooming um, kathleen I, I think if I could use a different way of that, and and I'll go back to my theological bases here that we need to train up our children in the in the way that we would like them to go. Uh, to just leave a child to let politicians and the internet and other kinds of literature uh, to to assault them and pull them a thousand different ways to me is is abusing that child and destining destining them. is that a word Probably not maybe the coffee's getting to me but anyway creating a destiny for them where they're going to be confused and and they're to, they're going to grab at whatever seems to be plausible and attractive and uh, emotionally satisfying at the time. Uh, I like the word predator definitely that's what we are dealing with here. Is a predatory mentality, and again, I I think helps with that. Uh, tend to tend towards how people are brought up, and parents paying good attention, and if there are apparent psychological issues to uh, to deal with that, I and and I am firmly aware of. I have counseled with parents who did their best to bring their children up according to their worldview, and sometimes things happen. We are individuals. We make our own choices later on, but by and large, it's when we abandon that, you call it a grooming process, I, I call it parenting. When we don't parent, when, when we demean the role of the father, when we minimize the role of the mother, when we when we glom onto this ridiculous idea that that the community or the nation needs to bring up the child, no, the parents are responsible for doing that. The community should come alongside and support the parents, assuming those parts of the community that subscribe to their worldview uh, are available. You don't want some members of the community bringing up your child, especially if they have tenets that are opposite or in contradiction to uh to your world view. And so I I think it is so and by, and by the way there's an interesting uh and I know some of you are holding on the phone I'm going to get to you in about 5 minutes we're going to Hit a mark here, I have to hit. So bear with us. Please don't go away. We'll be right back to you. Uh, Dwayne from Houston, hang in there, my friend. We'll be back to you in a couple minutes. I want to talk about AB 2408 and the California Assembly, how that pertains to all of this. And you may think my perspective on this is 180 degrees from where you think it might be in talking about big tech. This is all about parents being able to sue, being able to sue. Big Tech. Well, let's talk about that. And we'll also get Dwayne's call in 5 minutes after uh, news, weather and traffic coming up on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Don't go away, we'll be back in 5 minutes.
5: The show
0: you love with even more local local news news. and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's
3: your host, Mike
1: Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our conversation centering around the tragedy. Uh, the horrific act that took place at Robb Elementary School in the city of Uvalde, Texas, west of San Antonio. Uh, the upshot is 14 children dead, along with one teacher, the shooter is uh dead as well. We're reacting to that here at two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Dwayne from Houston has been very patient. Dwayne, thanks for your patience. And uh, what's what what are your thoughts about this today?
6: Well I wish to uh well I hope that my anger does not come through on my making my voice too edgy here. Uh I'm trying to Calm down and relax. While on the radio here, uh, this Texas elementary school, I would wish to first of all commend the police for engaging the the suspect in a gun battle. And and yeah, this this may provoke a reaction. Uh, I have a Christian world view, so I believe in instant rehabilitation by the police and giving instant death penalty to these. Characters who carry out such atrocious tra- tragedies. So I give a commendation to the police for their actions in this case, and I feel the death penalty is fully warranted in these type cases. Uh, in some ways, I also feel that uh, technology that gives us these radio broadcasts instantly are also contributing to the problem by, yeah, giving publicity to these shooters. Uh, As far as uh, first-person shooter video games, I feel that this suspect probably was addicted to those games. I know I personally gave up first-person shooter video games because, yes, they do desensitize you to, to killing and to violence. In fact, that's but I hear they were first uh, developed for the military to help soldiers be able to kill their fellow human beings. Because that does not come natural to our, to, to our the nature, that that has to be developed within that person, as I mentioned previously, about becoming a predator. Uh, that's about all I have to say, that I commend the police, and I'm glad— that the suspect was killed instantly.
1: Dwayne, thanks for your call. Uh, appreciate your points there, and, and let me react to them uh, for, for a couple of minutes. And again, thanks for your patience and, sure. and holding on there for a couple of minutes. No, no Dwayne from Houston, thank you so much. And let, let, me, uh, let me respond to, to Dwayne a little bit. First of all, I think one of the principles he brought up was deterrence. Deterrence. In our culture today, when we see DAs going very soft on prosecutions, when we see the woke culture excusing uh, aberrant behavior if it fits their narrative, there there's no consistency in terms of the principles involved. Uh, we we don't have accountability. We don't have these deterrents, and so I think it creates a uh, a, a field, uh, a field where these things will grow, I think. And I and, and Dwayne, you made a very good comment about the media. And it, it is a double-edged sword. Uh, absolutely. I I will agree with you on that. How we in the media deal with these things is really, really important. And I saw this happening, I saw the, the degradation of that process happening 30, 40 years ago when I, was, uh, when I was getting my broadcast journalism degree in Southern California a long time ago, back in the, the end of the 80s, uh, or end of the 1970s rather. Uh, and I was going out there trying to, to get jobs in, in, the, in the industry, and I was watching very carefully what was happening in broadcast journalism. The technology took us down a very non productive road because, and I say we, let me just say the industry, did not handle the technology well. Uh, the thing became being first to report it, being first on scene. And we even see that today, don't you? Uh, it, it, whether it's a, a national tragedy, uh, whether it's a fatality, whether it's a hurricane, a tornado, an earthquake, doesn't matter. The rush to be first on scene to get your live camera going and your signal going before anyone else is counterproductive. And you've seen reporters out there absolutely – be foolish. I'm not saying they're fools. I'm saying they're being foolish in the way that they're handling many of these incidents because they're they're talking about things that they don't have details about yet, and and that is one of the problems with today's media. And the more technology we have that lets us go live, uh, the the advent of the smartphone of the iPhone, where and and you've seen how rioters cunningly use the iPhone. Uh, Have you watched that? Have you watched how they are trained to take the, uh, and whether it doesn't have to be an iPhone, it can be any phone, it can be a Samsung, whatever. I'll just say a smartphone. Do you see how cunningly and strategically they use their phones? They turn on uh, the video. They turn on the live streaming and they know how far they can go to press cops or to press authorities just to bring them to the edge to try to force them to do something that will fit their narrative, to do something that they can then criticize. And it's a horrible abuse of technology. So in general, and Dwayne, you kind of brought that to uh, to my mind when you made that comment, and you're right, you're absolutely right. Uh, a lot of our technology today that lo- that allows us to go, go live immediately is really counterproductive, and we often do a disservice to the public before we have facts in. And then we get the politicians who are using the technology, we get the special interest groups who are using the technology, and it, it does become a, a double-edged sword. And so, I think it's uh, that that comes back to us. What do we do with that? As we hear things, as we are watching this amazing technology happen in in real time, we have to be very wise about how we absorb it. I want to bring up something else for you to think about. And by the way, we'll we'll. Even though we may be talking about some other topics, we will keep the phones open during the hour the rest of the show if you would like to uh, react some more to this uh, Texas tragedy. 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483. Now, this is interesting because it ties into it. AB 2408 passed the California Assembly yesterday it's a bill that would allow parents to sue social media platforms for addiction it would allow California parents to sue techno- uh, technological companies on behalf of their children because their children become addicted to social media so it passed the assembly uh, it still has to go before the uh, before the state. It's called the Social Media Platform Duty to Children Act. The Social Media Platform Duty to Children Act. And by the way, it passed, uh, did it pass unanimously? I don't know. Uh, But it passed the Assembly. And uh, again, it it would uh, allow parents to sue uh, companies, big tech companies like Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, etc., for up to $25,000 per child if the child is determined to be addicted to the app. If passed into law, they say uh, companies could be liable if they, quote, developed, designed, implemented, or maintained features that were known, or should have been known, or should have been known by the platform to be addictive to child users. Do you see any problems with this? To me, it's, it's like holding the smith and wesson or remington or or glock holding them responsible for an evil act like happened today they aren't the ones that committed it 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 takes the focus off the individual the individual is the one responsible for this act i don't i am not enthused about this particular bill and you're you're welcome to disagree in fact i I'd, I'd be interested in your reaction to that again our number here 2095513483 one of the issues to me is how do they define addiction how do they define addiction well apparently i believe they are saying if it indicates preoccupation or obsession with or withdraw or difficulty to cease or reduce use of a social media platform despite the user's desire to cease or reduce that use, and if it causes or contributes to physical, mental, emotional, developmental, or immaterial harms to the user. To me, it's the parents. The parents ought to be the ones that are monitoring this. Well, we can't do that. We, we, we want our children to, to be free to experience things. No, we need to be parents. Our children, I mentioned this before, were not allowed in our home to have their smartphones and or iPads or whatever it might be, or even televisions in their own rooms alone. All that had had to take place in the living room with other people around. That's a healthy way to do it. Well, that's censorship. Darn right. We'll continue this conversation in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show. I need more coffee. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIB, back in three minutes.
0: A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now, back to The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation on this uh, Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I uh, had a couple messages come in, some, some good comments I want to share with you. Uh, former FBI agent Bob uh, says, all we have to do is enforce the laws that are on the books, keep people in jail, and maybe arm the teachers that want to be armed and trained. I think that's a good key, that want to be armed and trained. Some states are already arming teachers. Florida may be one of them. Uh, I, I like that. I like that. Bob, but I and I what I like is your point there. They have to be trained. They have to want to do it and be trained. I don't have any problem if they're adequately trained. Uh, another uh comment here from uh Ann says um that some of us were brought up by people who themselves did not have the tools as as parents. Well that that's true. Some of this becomes generational. She goes on to say, killing this person only eliminates this one person, but not the problem itself. Yes, I agree with you. We need to kill the root problem. And how do we manage that problem? And uh, she also notes, there are many things we can become addicted to and that cause destruction. Are we going to sue over all of them, that's responding to AB-2408, good point and uh, then, then she talks about the fact that there are immature parents that don't want to do the hard things, they just want to have fun I remember in uh, in high school that uh, I was in the quad somewhere and there were uh, two girls I didn't know, it was a very, very large high school so I didn't know everybody but two girls were, were talking and and one said, well I'm you don't have to have a baby to get. You don't have to have. You don't have to get married to have a baby. I want to have a baby, and the other girl said, "Well, why?" Said, well, I, I just want someone to love me. Isn't that, isn't that tragic? And, and I have to think that's that's probably not uncommon. Uh, another one of our listeners, uh, good good point here. He says, uh, when he was a police reserve officer, he took a local miscreant to jail. On the way home, he was run off the road by uh, a drunk, uh, an illegal drunk, who pulled over, and uh, I took him to jail. When I got back to town, the first guy that he had taken to jail was already on the corner waving at him. He says, 1975 and downhill from then. You, you see, it's our, it's our treatment of the rule of law that contributes to this and is so detrimental. What are the deterrents? What are the deterrents? And where's the accountability? You know, we, we look at who's in power. And let me just, I'm not going to go off on a tangent on Hunter Biden, but I, I can guarantee, and many of you, you're, you're familiar, I'm not going to go into that too deeply here, but Hunter Biden, if that was you or me, we'd be in jail. I firmly believe that. But he's protected. He's protected. Uh, You think about as as new things are coming uh, to light in terms of uh, the uh, federal investigations into the whole baloney about the Russian collusion as uh, we're looking at the bar investigations and such. New things are coming to light. Federal agents lied. The top people at the head of agencies lied. Is, will there ever be any consequences for them? I don't care who they worked for. I don't care what party they were part of. If you abuse your authority and you lie, especially to the, the American people under the color of authority, you need to go. You need to be prosecuted. You need to go to jail. But you see, we don't have, if, if you're in the right party or if, you, uh, if you're backing the, the right woke narrative, you don't go to jail. You don't go to jail. In uh, a few moments, we're going to be uh, talking about some, some other issues. Again, uh, if, you, uh, if you would still like to weigh in and give us your reaction to this uh, terrible shooting in Texas today, 14 elementary students killed, a teacher, and the suspect killed as well. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Uh, footnote here, this comes from reporter Bill Malugan uh, from Fox. Uh, you may know about him. He started out in L.A. at uh, the Fox um uh, Affiliate there, very sharp young guy, good reporter, gets his facts together. Uh, I'm very impressed by him. He he then uh, was promoted, I guess, uh, to Fox National. Anyway, he's saying that uh, Border Patrol sources tell him that a Border Patrol agent was injured by gunfire while responding to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Texas. He says the sources I have tell me Border Patrol was not involved in any pursuit related to this incident, despite rumors and claims that they were. Uh, so some good investigative uh, reporting there by, uh, by Bill uh, by Bill Malugan. And uh, just a very quick note on what's happening here in California. The State Water Resources Board met today. We talked about the fact that they were going to meet uh, yesterday. Uh, we talked about it yesterday, that they were meeting today. They uh, are saying that uh, there is a statewide ban on watering decorative non-functional grass for businesses and institutions. There are requirements apparently coming down for local water agencies to move to their level 2 drought response plans by the week of June 6. Again, I'm I'm looking in this this is from Ashley Zavala, good reporter up there in Sacramento. I'm looking for any indication here of the State Water Resources Board saying we at the state have been negligent and here's what we're going to do about it. Don't don't uh don't see that. Gonna go very quickly back to the phones. Uh Victor from Farmington, we have about thirty seconds or so, Victor, but I want to get your comment in. What what's on your mind?
6: God bless, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Um I there's so many reserve law enforcement, military out there that would protect these schools. I say start right now with protecting these schools. Trump had this idea, and it went away when he went away, unfortunately. But, you know, I would do it for free. My wife's a secretary of the school, and she's the first one someone would meet coming in that door. And and it'd be half an hour before the first cop got there. I mean, train up, go over, you know, uh, you know, share from school to school. If you don't got enough volunteers right away, but I would volunteer for free. Walk around with an AR-15. Bulletproof best on. Just the look of that out front of the school once in a while would make the lib's heads explode, but it would also make these cowards that do these school shootings think twice.
1: Victor, thanks for the call. I'm going to comment on that in about five minutes here on the Mike you're, Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 welcome. KFIV. We'll be right back. The Mike
0: Douglas Show. Now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360
1: KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show again here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for. I look forward to this time with you, three to five p.m. Monday through Friday. Really, it is. Uh, it, it is one of my favorite times of the day. And I, I, so much appreciate your input. Again, I often learn from you, and you often cause me to think through why I believe what I believe, what my perspectives are, and then sometimes you even uh, challenge me to, to change my perspectives. And I, I hope that I can contribute to, to your thinking processes as well. Again, we just thank you so much for being active parts of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk thirteen sixty. Kfiv, I wanted to react uh, a little bit more to our last caller, uh, Victor. And Victor was talking about his willingness and uh, the will, probably the willingness of many uh, retired police officers, reserves, uh, former military, whatever it might be, but people who are trained. Uh, to deal with combat situations, and or who, who are willing to keep going through training. I think that is a key. Anyway, to have these uh, volunteers on school campuses. And I think a lot of people, Victor, uh, with, with that type of training would probably be willing to do that. What's interesting to me, though, is the resistance to that. And this is nothing new. I'm, I'm thinking back to well, even when I was in in college and in universities, this would have been back uh, nineteen seventy six through seventy eight. That that area there, I remember uh, both on a community college uh, campus as, as well as uh, the USC campus there in LA. I remember how how fellow students were just totally against the. Police being on campus, get get them off campus. They're they're a menacing, intimidating presence. Get them off campus. I was always happy to see them. I I thought that was great. I loved seeing law enforcement on a uh, on a university campus. When I was in high school, uh, we really didn't have school resource officers back then. I we had. Uh, officers that would come from time to time uh but we really didn't have uh officers that were assigned to schools nor did we uh when I was there really have any uh school police uh either so uh, the these uh the, these issues have grown over many decades and I'm just curious as for for those of you who are teachers uh, educators school board members for those of you who may be students or in uh, college or graduate schools those of you again those of you who are teachers and for those of you who may be in in law enforcement retired uh, maybe your military veterans what do you think about this idea of and and of course it would <laughs> it would take a big leap it would need uh, it would need the support of the community it would need the support of the school system, the school board, and uh, I, I can see a lot of obstacles on that way. I can see issues of liability and how that would play into it. I can see issues of making sure that we have proper training. But given all that, though the, the devil's in the details, let look. let's look at the end game. What do you think about Victor's suggestion to have people, volunteers who have been trained and have legitimate experience in some type of combat or security or law enforcement, being on school campuses and being armed. I come back to this issue of deterrence. Do, 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 bad guys typically and gals don't caper where they know there will be possibly deadly resistance in general. And so I, I think if we are able to provide some type of deterrence, that's a good thing. And if the kids say, no, we don't want them on campus, too bad. You're not the adults yet. You know, we, (laughs) and I remember, I remember being a kid. I remember being a teenager. I remember being a college student and there's some moxie that comes with that. There's a, there's a little bit of having a a chip on your shoulder. And I, I was, I was a kid that Obeyed the law. I was a law enforcement explorer when I was, oh, was it, thirteen years old. I mean, I I always respected authority. That was the way I was brought up. But you see, we have these generational things now where we are anti-law enforcement, where we automatically want to defund the police, where we don't want a police presence, where we don't train up our children the way we want them to go. We want the world to be out there and to tug on our students and to pull them in whatever direction they happen to want to go. Even to the point of school-age elementary school-age children being counseled against their parents' knowledge to want to change their sexual orientation, to want to change their genders, to even going through surgeries. The world has gone mad, my friends. And I think the answer to that is those of us who aren't mad, I mean in terms of being mentally ill and having weird perspectives that undermine society, we need to stand firm on what we know to be true. We, we've seen people on the news testifying before Congress where they've been asked, can a man get pregnant? Yes. Yes. No, no, men do not get pregnant. Well, the doctor misinterpreted whether my child was a boy or a girl. No, the doctor did not misinterpret. If they have male genitalia, they're male. If they have female equipment, they're female. That's the way the world is. That's what's true you see, I think in in many ways we've been intimidated into shutting up. We've been intimidating into not announcing what's true. And we need to, and we don't have to be nasty about it, but we need to stand firm on what's true and make that stand and not be intimidated. Is there a price to pay for that? Yeah, there is in the world we live in, to be righteous and to do the right thing, there will probably always be a price to pay for that. Remember that song? I don't know. Do you remember the whole up with people era? (laughs) I mean, I remember in my childhood years, songs like uh, freedom isn't free. You got to pay the price. You got to sacrifice for your liberty. It seems like a you know people now scoff at that what what a stupid song it wasn't a stupid song it's reality freedom isn't free people died people sacrificed their lives people sacrificed their incomes their futures their families their homes for the sake of the constitution of the united states of america and we deal with it so lightly. yeah, whatever. How many of us actually have read? I'm not doing a guilt thing here. I'm just saying it's the reality. The Constitution of the United States now is passe in the minds of so many in the woke culture. No. No. It's worthy for us to defend. It's worthy for us to think about the fact, again, that people sacrificed their lives, they sacrificed their futures, they sacrificed their homes, they sacrificed everything they had for the sake of this Constitution that they thought was worthy of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, you're just flag-waving, Mike. Darn right, and we need to do a lot more of it. How about that? I'll be back in three minutes on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number here, 209 551 3483. Back in three minutes.
0: With the big news of the day, here's more of The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, our phone number 209 551 3483. So, what are we going to do about all this? Well, I keep bringing before your minds and hearts, we have a an election coming up on June 7 primaries. Then we have the midterms on November 8th and of course 2024. It is absolutely imperative, I believe, for us all to be as well-read as we can possibly be about the candidates who are running. One of our callers, I'm trying to think who it was, was it uh, John from Brentwood? Uh, One of our callers last week brought up uh, an excellent uh, website, and if, if it wasn't John, my apologies. Whoever brought it up, call me and I'll make sure you get credit for it. A uh, very interesting website for research. It's called iVoterGuide.com. Small I, iVoterGuide.com. And I believe it's uh, uh, associated with the American Family Association. Anyway, let me just give you an example. Uh, the the uh, congressional race for District 5. For District 5. Let me just show you, I'm looking at it right now, uh, let me just tell you what's there to show you how valuable this may be for you to put in the mix so you consider it. I'm not saying it's gospel truth, I'm just saying it It appears to be a fairly good resource. They, uh, they have scorecards uh, for these candidates to fill out questionnaires. Uh, they look at who the endorsers are, where their contributions are coming from, And uh, for each one, if they have sufficient information, they have like a view meter. You know what I'm talking about? An audio meter. And uh, on the left, it's blue. On the right half, it's red. And so the blue left means uh, they're more liberal. Uh, To go to the red on the right means more they're more conservative. So let me just go down without, by the way, tomorrow on Wednesday, Wednesday is our candidate day. And uh, that's the day that uh, we offer candidates uh, time to come on and talk to us about what they want or uh, what they would have us vote for or to have you call up and tell us who you're voting for and why. Tomorrow, coming up uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, we're going to have uh, Tom McClintock, uh, first hour. Uh, He's running for... representative for district 5 and his uh, Republican opponent is uh, Nathan Maxig he'll be uh, joining us in the second hour. So two Republicans again uh, our wonderful idea of these primaries the first top two vote getters uh, in in any race here will be uh, in the runoff in uh, in November. All right so let me just go down is this an alphabetical order? Uh, yes, it is. All right. So here in alphabetical order uh, are the candidates they list for District 5. Mike Barkley, Democrat, uh, and they're showing him to be liberal, 85 to 94% confident the candidate will vote liberally. Nathan Maxick. They are saying they are 85 to 94 percent confident the candidate will vote conservatively, but they don't have enough sufficient data points to warrant a full conservative evaluation. Tom McClintock, they're saying 85 to 94 percent confident the candidate will vote conservatively. Kelston Obert, also a Republican, Uh, they're 85 to 94 percent confident that he'll vote conservatively, but without sufficient data points to warrant a full conservative valuation. Steve Wozniak, not apparently related to the technological Wozniak, saying a moderate, no party preference, less than 70% confident the candidate will vote either conservative or liberally. And then David Main, another Republican, uh, insufficient information here. They don't have the information on him to be able to make an assessment. All right, did you find that at all valuable? Uh, again, you can go uh, a little further, a little deeper into uh, to all of these. You can take a look at, uh, for example, um, uh, Tom McClintock. He'll be our guest first hour tomorrow. And uh, it shows uh, um, conservative organizations that uh, support him. Uh, it uh, shows who the endorsements are. Uh, it shows... Um, uh, a summary of uh, his liberal uh, voting versus conservative voting. It's, it's fascinating. Then a questionnaire. It shows some uh, questions. Did they answer these questions uh, or not uh, for each candidate? So if you find it valuable, I wanted to just pass that by you, let you know it's there. Again, it's iVoterGuide.com. iVoterGuide.com. Again, I don't have any Stake in that uh, website at all. I'm just bringing it to your attention to uh, to let you know about it. Uh, let's see, uh, Sacramento, small monkeypox. Monkeypox has come to Sacramento County. Uh, you aware of that? Yes, mm bubbers. Mm-hmm. Monkeypox. Sacramento County Public Health investigating investigating a case of monkeypox. In California, related to travel in Europe and uh, based upon symptoms and preliminary testing, a public health officer, Dr. Olivia Cossierier, says monkeypox confirmation is likely. The
0: individual is in isolation, is not hospitalized, and is doing well.
1: And uh, here, here's another one of her uh, comments uh, regarding this particular case.
0: We are in conversation with the CDC and CDPH to make a determination whether any individuals that were on the same flight need to be contacted.
1: And apparently this person had been in Europe.
0: It occurs primarily in Central and West Africa and is rare in the U.S. Uh, Recent cases have been associated with travel to Europe.
1: And so what can we do to avoid the monkeypox, and I'm, I'm not making fun of it. It's just here we go again. So, according to uh, uh, Doctor Cousier, what can we do to prevent infections?
0: The good news is that the virus is very readily killed by regular cleaning detergents.
1: All right. So, I, I don't know about you. I are are we going to be mandated to have masks again? Apparently, from what I understand thus far on this monkeypox issue, you have to be, in in order to transmit it human to human, from my understanding at this point, you have to be in, in physical contact. And I don't mean a couple feet away. You have to be in physical contact. And, and they're thinking possibly it can be sexually transmitted. Here we go again. Uh, the symptoms: fever, headache, muscle aches, backache. That all sounds like flu symptoms, right? Swollen lymph nodes, chills, and exhaustion. And you may say, "Well, I experience some of that all the time." Well, there you go. When you when you get these little hard sores on your skin, though, that's uh, that's an indication. So, uh, what do you think? Are we going to be in another season of having to wear? having to wear masks. I don't know. So monkeypox has raised its ugly head again, uh, not just in Europe, but in Sacramento County. And so I'm I'm just anticipating, are we going to, in Sacramento, are we going to use that emergency authorization that we have, that emergency declaration now to uh, respond to monkeypox? I hope not. I hope not. And by the way, I, I'm not demeaning taking logical, um, logical measures to keep ourselves from getting infections. I do that during flu season anyway. Every time I go to a store or a market, I, I have a little bottle of uh, antiseptics, antiseptic alcohol, uh, not the drinking kind, no. No, the other kind for disinfecting. I have a little bottle of it in my car. When I come back from a store, I I put it on my hands and I rub my hands together. Uh, if marketplaces have those little wipey things, the disinfectants, I take one. And I wipe the... Uh, I, I do my due diligence, but I don't go overboard. I hope we're not doing the mask thing again. Listen, thanks so much. See you tomorrow on Wednesday from 3 to 5. Again, Tom McClintock, Nathan Maxick will be there to talk to us about District 5 race. Thanks for joining us. Ed Parko coming up.